0: Uh,
1: Jim, what are we talking about today? I've got. Where's my list? It was in my head. I wrote it down. When I write it down, it goes away. Uh, I think about uh, HOAs. Uh, quick. Uh, Charlottesville market is still smoking hot in a lot of pockets. It's very frustrating. I've got 12 or 15 buyers in the 250 to 350 range and no one can afford anything Hmm. because there are, I've got 10 buyers, everyone else has 10 buyers and there's like 14 houses in that range. So it's a really hard market. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was thinking about HOAs. I saw something uh, last week. I think I emailed both of y'all. Yeah. The person who was displeased with the HOA, uh, forcing him to hide his trash cans. So he built a fence with the middle finger, which I thought was creative thoughtful uh he, he fit the code he, he abided by the code of the hoa and i appreciate that
0: i have a deep deep respect for
1: this i think he should run for the board <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now i mean with hoas it's something it started you know hoas are, are commonplace in our market you, know, you have any any neighborhood done since the mid-70s kind have an hoa i
0: think they are the worst thing
1: they are in concept they are great in implementation, it. The rules are fine. It's the people who implement said rules that are the challenge. I mean, it's I my my philosophy is don't be a butthead in life and in HOAs. Yeah. Because if you if you've got a house and you live in an HOA and you've got a house that you know it's in disrepair and the HOA rules say have it in dis you know you need to fix your house, fix your house. Mm-hmm. Don't have the HOA say well that's the one crappy house in our neighborhood. We have to spend five years trying to get this guy to fix his house. You know we've got it's there are things you abide by. There are a bunch of neighborhoods that have, you can't leave your toys out overnight. You know, it's like, okay, no one abides by that. But if you have 47 toys, that are rusting and they're becoming, you know, hazardous to other kids in the neighborhood.
2: So the argument you're making is that you have a responsibility to your neighborhood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they suck. I mean, I hate HOAs. I'm on my HOA board. They're wonderful people. And we don't do much, which is great because we don't really care. Nobody really does anything that needs us to have a conversation about except for dog poop.
0: Yeah, so here's, I am, what's Mm -hmm. wrong with the dog poop? Everybody, it's everywhere. everywhere.
1: (laughs) No one picks it up. When it snows, people think that it just disappears. Oh,
2: that's it actually just gets worse. It
1: just doesn't, and I, in, we've had conversation briefly about it, and I've read stories about how there are neighborhoods across the country that are having requirements I don't know if, if they actually have implemented it yet, but they are talking about DNA testing new dogs to the neighborhood. Get the. It sounds kind of reasonable after I've, after, after I've stepped in dog poop 14 times. It's not my dogs.
0: I haven't decided if we're allowed to swear on this podcast yet, so I just bit my tongue a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna- I am not a libertarian, but this is one area where I, I go into like a libertarian mode, which is like HOAs are serving like a, a a organized faux governmental setup of mm-hmm. like this is just called being neighborly and it and i think it prevents yeah. people from being neighborly to say hey uh j- just interact well, with one another's other's neighbors
2: here's some welcome to neighborhood here's some brownies also going to need a blood sample on your dog
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds perfectly reasonable it, it you know it, again an implementation when you, well, when you say it out loud, it sounds bad. It does, dude. <laughs> it really
2: sounds bad. And you sound like, like being the person that's like, hey, we're going to need that sample. Mm-hmm. It's not like you don't want to be that guy. in the really
1: That's why it. you hire professional management. So Whoa. that guy over there can be that guy. It's not so one of like,
2: us. HOAs, all right. Like, I didn't know that HOAs could have professional
1: management. Yeah. Uh, we actually... Um, with my neighborhood, about ten years ago, we got professional management because we didn't want to have, you know, Dave be the butthead. I he disagree. can be a butthead, that but that not the be, butthead.
2: Yeah. I think it would be interesting. To yeah. See <laughs> to, like, of dog you, you get can us- have
0: no idea what I've been through in my life, man. So here's what happened: because I lived in West Hall before I before I moved over here, go. and I was in the townhouses, and the townhouses and the single <laughs> no, this is like this is like real HOA talk. The townhouses and the single family homes. I fucking hate how you just know how. to...
2: For <laughs> podcast is a audio medium, and so you can't really witness what happened. But Bart and
0: Jim just eyeballed each other like got him. <laughs> um, our HOA at West Hall is the like they have the same like we're we're governed by the same HOA between the townhomes and the single family homes, mm-hmm. except. What the hoa was responsible for between the townhomes and the single family homes was drastically different so the people in the townhomes quite frankly like we spend three times the amount of money per month on our hoa than the single family homes did because we had a whole lot more common area Mm -hmm. the hoas were also responsible for all of the exterior maintenance of our home we were not supposed to take care of those things so in which i was actually fine by paying for more if i was getting more but like we had a ton of snow, they only did one snow removal for us, and they were like, that's all the snow removal budget you guys had for this year. Like, it didn't snow at all the past three years, and you guys collected our snow removal budget, so we want that money. like we had major issues. And so until finally we had like an HO we had one of our HOA meetings at, at somebody's house, and it was so funny the, the, the dichotomy between those two groups of people. All the same family home people were like, Cool, we're here, everybody cool, we're all cool, great. And every single person in the townhouse townhomes were like. We're not cool, and we just went down a litany of stuff. And I was I like, to imagine them.
2: this is like a Braveheart moment where like you got like blue on <laughs> one side of your face. <laughs> and you're like townhomes, live free or die. In that's what I, want I to would say. I would say
0: in the top ten worst things happened to me in my life was I came out of that meeting. I went into that meeting so hot and so opinionated about what was going wrong. They put me on the board. Exactly. <laughs> it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And then I started getting an email a day with, like, ARB mm-hmm. approvals and all this stuff. And I was like, the guy wants to build a fence. Let him build his fence. What do we – well, is it going to be a three-foot fence or a four-foot fence? Is it going to be white or is it going to be brown or is it going to be stale? I was like, <laughs> I – rec- is it going to be a fence? They
1: recognized leadership when they saw it. Is it
2: going to be on his it. property <laughs> and not somebody else's property? <laughs> Yeah. He's just the man. <laughs> this is the hero we need. It's not the hero we want. But it's the hero we need. This
0: isn't the role I asked to play, but it's the role I will play if I need to. But no. it's it's why I tell my
1: clients to get on the HOA board because it sucks. Everybody should do it at least for one session of three to six years. <laughs> 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 because it, it's where it's it, it's like government. If you don't do it, someone else will, and he's gonna be a butthead. Guarantee it.
2: Yeah. See, that's the guy. Like that's what I had in Texas. Uh, Our guy, like I'm not, look, I'm not like an elite yard care guy. Like I'm not, like I mean, I'm not, like I do it. I don't like it, but I do it. Usually in stages. In stages. He usually mows like one third of his lawn. By the time he gets around to mowing the
0: the third, the the last part of his lawn, the first third is ready to be mowed. Sounds like an
1: efficient use of time allocation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Thank you, Jim. (laughs) I appreciate
0: that.
2: Um, (laughs) Like I and so. In Texas, like, I had, like, a postage stamp where the yard, but, like, I'm also not great at the small details, like edging on a sidewall. That's not my strength. Um, And so I was catching all kinds of flack from the HOA guys, like, hey, like, you didn't edge up your sidewall. I was getting a pink slip a week, and it became, like, a thing where, like, I was mad about the edging, and I was, like, at at first, I would have been, like, okay, I'll just do the edging. But then it became, like, a no, like now I'm just going to be a defiant toddler about this. <laughs> and like, I'm never going to do this edging. And I but, would have taken
0: all those pink slips and I would have like staked them along the edge where there was yeah, supposed to be at. That's not bad. I should have done
2: that. That's, also, the that's the equivalent of a middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And the other thing, too, was the guy got mad. Um, somebody parked a, the day, this day was crazy because he'd already been like dropping off pink slips for my edging. I was mowing the grass, but wasn't edging around the side. And he came to the house and he knocked on the door and he said, like, hey, like, we have an HOA rule about boats, but you can't have a boat outside your house. And I was like, I don't have a boat, man. Like, what boat are you talking about? And I looked outside and yet, sure enough, somebody had parked a boat across the street, like, next to the public park area that was across from my house. And it was in front of my house. That ain't my boat, bro. And I was like. (laughs) I mean, that's fine. I would love to be the owner of that boat. I would love to help you out, but like, that is not my boat. And he's like, do you know whose boat it is? I was like, no, I didn't know this boat existed <laughs> until like 30 seconds ago. So, like, I'm having a hard time. And he's like, well, we need to get this boat moved. And I was like, I'm not going to be part of your posse. Like, I'm not about to, like, you're not deputizing me into the HOA. Like, you've been busting my chops about this edging for like six weeks now. Like, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to go on this boat mission with you. Like, that's not who I am. And he was like, hey, we got, like, we got to really work together to figure out whose boat this is. And I was like, I mean, like, they go to some other houses. Like, they aren't home. Well, like, none of th- I can't really do anything for you. this.
0: Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a quick break to talk about Rockfish. I'm sure you're all aware that the music industry has changed pretty dramatically over the last decade. Artists are able to create more music than ever before. We know because we're out here making those records with them. We're working with talented, up-and-coming artists that big labels ignore. Our mission is to make great records and create a closer connection between artists, their fans, old and new, and the recording company. It's really pretty simple. For a subscription starting at $3 per month, you get access to our entire archive of music. And inside, you not only get the records we're producing, but all kinds of rough tracks, alternate takes, and bonus material. You're gonna access all of the stages of the recording process. So go check us out at rockfishmusic.com and subscribe. If you're a music fan, this is an amazing way to access new music and directly support independent artists. So, essentially, we've, we've been talking for approximately 10 minutes right now, and it's just on the why HOAs are. The why worst. they drive me nuts? One so can you tip. give me the sales pitch on why they're good? Yeah, because you can't avoid them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's we did for and in like and forever until just
1: recently. I don't know what happened in the seventies that said we need this, but we've always we've always I mean it, it, there are neighborhoods in Charlottesville that all, that have they didn't have HOAs necessarily, but they had covenants and restrictions. And in, the, in those restrictions many years ago, they said you know, what type of person could live there. Yeah. You know, so, and then that, luckily that evolved and we're away from that now. You're
0: not selling me on HOAs yet. I'm getting there. <laughs> no, but it goes back to... Cool. It goes cool. back... Cool. <laughs> HOAs were built on discrimination. Well, they were. Let's keep and, that going. I mean, they
1: were. That's the foundation. But no, I mean, I think that now you've got it so that if you've got that one guy who has a boat in his front yard... I, yeah, that boat was well, no. <laughs> I want to be real clear about that. I do not own a boat. But I had one recently. No, within the last two years. Within the last two years, someone came to a house. They made an offer on the house, went under contract, and then they said, can I have a boat in my front yard? And we're like, no. We're 30 minutes from the water. Why would you want to have a boat in your front yard?
0: doesn't want to pay docking fees, but, but that's
1: Okay, fine. But we're not a
0: boat community in, the, in this area. we got a sailboat right up there. And they decorated for Christmas? He doesn't have wildly? an HOA. And he's about a hundred meters from my doorstep. Yeah,
1: I'm jealous of that man. Go but he had he, he was built in the '60s. We don't have an HOA. You were also hundred
0: meters from my doorstep on the other house, and I was jealous. Yeah. Of
1: that. <laughs> no, but I think you know—you find you—you. You, there are guidelines under which you need to operate. You know, so you can't paint your house pink. If you have your dead set on buying a house, building a house that's pink, build it somewhere else. I, mean, I think there are guidelines that are there. That good or bad, they exist. To keep that one guy from having his house with you know with with that's falling to disrepair that has a a car on blocks where he's changing his oil every day and that the grass doesn't grow to three foot high and
0: yeah but can't we just resolve that by shunning people because that's how I would handle it maybe I'm an asshole like (laughs) like like, we have like the neighborhood block party during the summertime and everybody's invited except for that asshole until he mows his lawn so on
1: that hang on so I had a client years and years ago she wanted to move into a neighborhood. And she got the HOA docs before she made the offer. She was going to buy this house, got the docs, and Mary was at the last HOA meeting. She was complaining that she had not been invited to the, to the block party. They, it looks like the minutes went on for about an hour of them talking about how Mary was not invited to the block party. And my client said, I love that house. The neighborhood's fantastic. They spent an hour talking about why Mary wasn't invited to the party. And I bet you I wouldn't have liked Mary either. <laughs> She bought a house not in an HOA. <laughs> <laughs> Mary. What did Mary do we you know what Mary did? I don't know, but I'll tell you something else. And while we're talking about HOAs, we're I think you know, contractually you get a after contract, you get a, you get an HOA package, which has the rules and guidelines, all that crap. Pretty soon, I think we talked about this several weeks ago. You know, everybody has a next door page. Everybody has a Facebook page. Well, until Facebook goes away hopefully soon because they're just a Worst, dumpster fire right now. It's not going well. Um, but no, but I think that, you know, contractually, I should be able to make an offer Representative a buyer say, I get an, I get access to, my clients get access to the next door page for this neighborhood for, for the next th- 72 hours. Because that's when you learn who's the butthead. Yeah. You know, what are they talking about? And there's one, again, one neighborhood that... And if you do read those and you don't know who the butthead is, you're the butthead. Exactly. You're like, oh, this sounds perfectly reasonable. We should ban this type of person from the neighborhood. Na- oh, that, well, that makes sense. Probably not the right neighborhood, you know. But I think that we're at a point now where learning the culture of the neighborhood, the neighbor neighborliness, you know, is is important.
0: I think one of my issues, though, too, is that HOAs are extremely powerful organizations. From a legal standpoint, they are extremely powerful. They can f-
1: put liens against the house. They can. The most HOAs I've seen, they have the right to come on your property to um, to take toys out of the yard. I had one one years ago where I had the seller and I had the I didn't have the the, the neighborhood sign up yet, and the HOA the professional management said we're gonna we, you need to fix that sign. It's like I'll get to it. If you don't fix it tomorrow, we're taking that from the from the yard. I was like, well, how in the hell are you gonna take that sign? That's called trespassing. No, no, HOA documents gives us the right to come on your prop, your client's property and take that sign. I
0: have so many. What sign?
1: It was the, my real estate sign. You know, it's just, you know, it, it, it has to be a neighborhood specific sign to their, their, the neighborhood branding. There are a bunch of neighbors that have their own, they don't like, I don't know. They like it all to be branded to their own neighborhood name, which Man, is like, I don't want to live. Which like, place. well, he, those are like $150, $250 a sign. Don't
0: worry about it. You get all the benefits of living in one of these places by being 100 meters from the front doorstep <laughs> of these places, but not actually have to deal with the bullshit of it. Yeah. The rest of us are jealous of you. <laughs> um are okay. you seeing hoas starting to put language into their into their uh bylaws regarding Airbnbs? yep oh yeah we're
1: seeing that a lot and you're seeing where they don't want to have short-term rentals they don't want to have anything less than 30 days and mm-hmm. some are like less than six months or a year so I mean something that I, I, Airbnbs change the fabric of a neighborhood sure inherently Sure. You know, I say I can make both arguments. I can make the argument that it's my property. I can do with it what I please. Yeah. And I make the argument of if I want to lease it out to somebody for 72 hours, it's my property. And then also my kids, my friends. You know, if the neighbors, you know, I'm accustomed to having kids next door and they move out and then I've got random people every other day. I mean, I can see that changing the fabric of the neighborhood.
0: I think that is so inherently flawed and un-American. It's my property. Yeah. It's my property.
1: Right. So, I would say that if they change those rules after you have bought the house, yes. If the yeah. rules are in place prior to you moving in, you're making a decision to read those documents or not.
2: for a reason. Like, we have commercial and light industrial and industrial. Like, we have those, like, you suddenly open up a commercial enterprise in your house, then like, and you have an HOA agreement that you're violating. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, I have a home office. Like, whatever. Like that, like, I'm suddenly, I'm not suddenly getting, like, a bunch of deliveries or anything, but, like, I'm operating a home office. Like, if I have an HOA and that violates that HOA, like, I violated the HOA. Like, I mean, we have zoning for a reason. Like, you can't, like, that's opening up a hotel in your house, isn't it?
0: I mean, like, that's the nationwide debate on Airbnb right Mm -hmm. now, but, like, what you're talking about with zoning regarding, like, industrial, commercial, and residential? Like, I played SimCity. That's how I know that. That actually gets into like actual structural like building, what they are built to do. You're not changing the structure or the function of a home in any You're way. You're
1: changing the function. You are the changing function. the
2: function. You're, You're changing it into a hotel. You're it, changing it for a day. It became a hotel.
1: And, and again, I, I also make the argument I have both sides, you know, where – you know they're now going after people, and it's it's across the country where they're going after if Bart has an HOA or has a uh, has an Airbnb. He doesn't. They're taxing.
0: I kind of feel like that removes him from this debate. <laughs> he doesn't get to way like the same way like non parents don't get the way on a parenthood. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I support that idea.
1: <laughs> but you know it's it's you know it's something where if he's getting uh, you know X hundred dollars a night, then he should pay taxes. Because it, it it puts a, the, the hotels at a disadvantage. I,
0: I, I, I am totally I am totally on board with that. If 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 we want to like allow HO, if we want to allow Airbnb's to exist, and right. they actually have to ha- handle taxes differently for the for local and state and federal, I, I have no issue with that whatsoever. That's like that's a, just, lift that's board, a cost right. too, right? and that's just the cost of doing business. Right. But for an HOA to step in and say we have governing rules. That are actually like in many ways like against what the U.S. Constitution says. I, I have a, I guess I have very strong opinions. No, but I mean, I, but
1: I, you look at all. Stuff, no, I've no. read stories about it in, in town. I think it was, I think it was in Italy or Spain. They the the town center is now nothing but Airbnbs. There's nothing local anymore. There's no local culture. Huh. You know where now it's just tourists, which they come to see. You know the local, you know Italian town, and there's nobody there except for other tourists. So, I mean, I think that that's just something that you know, if we if a neighborhood is designed to accommodate, you know, people who live there 24/7, seven days a week, et cetera, I think that you run into a challenge of the dynamics of the neighborhood will change if you have 30% of them are Airbnb's.
0: Isn't that just the free market working
1: though? I think. It, I mean, I think it is. It's also the free market working. If the, if the HOA says collectively that they want to have these rules, and the HOA comes in and they vote, and they an 85% vote that we want these rules.
0: And I, and I guess, I guess there is something to the degree of two is that if you're moving into a neighborhood that has an HOA, you're moving into a situation, you're not unaware that the HOA exists. Exactly. If you didn't read through the documents of the HOA, then that's your own foolishness in the Mm -hmm. first place. So like, I, I understand all of that. It just, HOAs seem very intrusive to property ownership.
1: You don't have to buy there. You know, that's the free markets. You have the choice of buying in an HOA or. Not, but you,
2: I, like, but I who, decides who decides the size if you either. want to have an HOA. No, that's that's not. I don't know if that's necessarily true either. You talked right off the top about how like you got ten buyers, like they got to buy where they got to buy. Right. Like I mean, they like if Well, they don't to have to in, buy. Well, if you need to live in an area.
0: Right. You have a need
2: to
1: buy. Well, you can rent. I mean, yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I do mean, you I, make, I make a living you know, representing buyers and sellers, but you know, renting is a great thing for a lot of people too.
0: Do you, do you think that HOAs are still uh,
2: good? No, no, no. Uh, um. <laughs> oh, by the way, a quick aside before you ask that question, <laughs> I saw a amazing. Uh, what is the uh, what's the house show where like they look at three of them? Uh, House Hunters? House Hunters, right. Okay, so on House Hunters, I saw where a lady went through and she looked at three different houses, and the third one that she loved had an HOA fee of $11 a month. And she was like, that's a real deal breaker for me. (laughs) Like, you're me. I I was like, that's amazing. Like, she is so focused. She's focused on, like, she could cut Netflix and handle that. But, like, she is spending more time on that $11 than any other aspect of the house. Side
0: But that actually does lead me to my question. Do you think that HOAs are still inherently discriminatory? Because if our major issue, one of our major issues in the Charlottesville, Central Virginia area is affordable housing, that if we can get somebody into a house where we can't get people into a house of $250,000, and that's not even to say that $250,000 is an affordable house, and if you're going to add an $1,100 a year HOA to that budget, Mm -hmm. doesn't that prohibit demographics of people from entering this, a community.
1: Oh, sure. But so do higher interest
0: rates. I sure.
1: I mean, you know, sure. Uh, you know, higher interest rates, higher gas prices. I mean, I think that the affordability is a whole nother conversation. Okay. So I think H- HOAs are something that they are what they are. And I think that, you know, the prospect of eliminating HOAs, I mean, I, it, I, go, I go back to looking at, you know, the neighborhoods that I've seen where there have been delinquent homeowners. Right. Where it's in the neighborhood's best interest to go in and fix that guy's house, right? Because it's I don't abide, I don't necessarily believe in the the broken windows theory, because I think that's there's that's there are many fallacies with that. But if you've got one guy who's got a house that's fallen down, and the HOA has the ability to go in and repair that and file a lien against the property, that's what they're there for. You know I think that we're also to the neighborliness. That's that's kind of where I am.
0: I feel like you've just like. I feel like it's very often put a body, a, like a governing body, in place of doing what should just be a neighborly thing to do.
2: But what, who would, like, who's going to do that, though? Like, if an HOA doesn't exist. Like- the
0: guy's lawn's overgrown by a month and a half, and everybody's just sitting that there right, bitching and moaning about the guy's lawn's overgrown by a month and a half, but nobody's actually gone to find out that, like, he just had knee replacement surgery and can't mow his damn lawn. And all of a sudden, he's getting like notices pinned to his door as opposed to somebody knocking on the door being like, hey, man, I just want to check in. Do you, first, it, do you want me to mow the lawn for you? I'd be happy to do it. First, it's an email. And second,
2: <laughs>
1: I think you're, you're crediting humanity too much. It's one of my flaws. You know, yeah. I, I think that for. <laughs> couldn't
2: agree
1: you know, I, I, I mean, I think that most people are, who are in that situation, they will. You know, I think the neighbors will know. I mean, in, in a neighbor's where it's a quarter acres, most, you're going to at least have an awareness. That you know Bob had knee pl- knee replacement surgery. Right. You know, you're gonna have that. But I think it, it's more the years of ongoing disrepair. That it's I mean, it's not there to say, hey, Bart left two two bicycles in his front yard. It's hey Bart, you've got 16 bikes and three of them are rusted and four of them are you know piled on top of each other. I get that. that's the extreme that I think I that they're that. designed. But it goes back to the no no butthead rule. Because yeah, the way the rules are written. You know, you leave your bike out after nine PM. I could go in the you know, I could go in the that as an HOA representative and take the and confiscate the bike.
2: Yeah.
0: So and I mean, I also largely just flat out ignore HOA stuff because I'm yeah. just like, I know how to be a good neighbor and I, like if you be a good neighbor then you don't even have to worry about HOA stuff. So I largely ignore it until my bill shows up quarterly. But like, it's the extreme. It yeah. it's the extreme. It so, does protect from the extremes. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I think that you know we did have a guy in. in there was, there was, the, we did have a guy in the neighborhood at one point who had like he built a shed, and it definitely looked like this is where Dexter was like murdering people in this <laughs> shed. And we kind of had to be like, man, can you, can you improve the shed? Yeah, but and, it, he, and he was like, yeah, I can improve the shed. Right, and, but I think oh, that.
2: What specifically was wrong with the shed?
0: Uh, I mean, it looked like a murder house. Well, I mean,
2: like, there's a lot of things that Well, look that, that's
0: a your house. opinion. Yeah,
2: so like, your. Opinion
1: did it abide yeah. by the HOA guidelines? Did he have approval? No. Okay. Didn't. No, but I think, that, again, it's. I also,
0: I also built my fence because I submitted stuff to the ARB because I was going to follow the, the guidelines. And I went like three weeks before, I heard nothing back. And I was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to build the fence. And when they come and be like, why did you build the fence? I'm going to say, I told you I was building the fence, and nobody responded to me. And that's exactly what happened. And it's like, well, next time, can you wait for our approval? And I was like,
1: no. Maybe. No, I think it's, it's like government, you know, it's, it's like local government. You know, I think that when I've gone to gone to my HOA board meetings, there have been maybe one or two members of the the public, if you will, who show up, and they don't care. Those people really need
0: to find something better to do on
1: Tuesdays. Amen. But you know, it's like if you want to be on the board, be on the board. If if you have complaints with the neighborhood about the budget,
0: don't be on the
1: board. Yeah, (laughs) being on the board. they're nice people. I'm glad I'm on the board. I'm glad that Dave's not on the board because that would be awful. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's not no, But,
1: you know, but it's, it's, again, I think it's like any anything. You you get involved and you be aware and you abide by the rules until you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you don't abide by them, you've been on the board and so they hopefully will ignore it a little bit yeah. or give you more time.
2: That my dad had all those run-ins with his uh, neighbor like, mm-hmm. where they were having a feud. They were just like old school. Right, Like, that ended up, like, spilling over into the HOA stuff where, like, he was on the board and, like, then was trying to use his power as a member of the board to, like, lean on my dad. And, like, my dad is, like, I am, I don't know if it's an act of rebellion, but he is the, I'm the opposite of him yard management-wise. Like, he is insane about his yard. He is great at taking care of his yard. Like, I spent most of my spring breaks in high school where they would just, like, offload a truck of mulch. And then we were building, like, the Garden of Versailles in our backyard. Like, it was absolutely nuts. And this guy was like, he's not doing this right. He's not, I'm looking at you, like, if, if Bob Isley ain't the guy that you want in your neighborhood, like, I don't know what your problem is. Like, imagine if I lived next to you. You would hate me. Hate me. And it was just, but like that that's where you're talking about, that, like, it became a kind an abuse of power. We mm-hmm. are using it for, like, personal
0: vendettas. And like, when does it become just a more organized version of the Hatfields and the McCoys?
2: <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like a very digital email-based uh, version of Hatfields and McCoys.
1: Uh, again, it's why I think that before moving into neighborhood, one, read the minutes and read the HOA docs and try to get access to a next door and and know what the what the personality of the neighborhood is.
2: That's good productive advice. Dave, what do you have good
0: productive <laughs> advice <laughs> I just bought this house two years ago for one moment, the HOA, other than how much is it gonna cost me a year? And once I realized that was a m- amount I was happy to spend, I was like, great, then I'll just pay that and go back to ignoring my HOA. Dave
2: Stipe, everybody, engaged homeowner. <laughs> you know, we, we raise. I am an engaged homeowner. We, I just think HOA's a bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we raise the dues 9% every year. 9% every year? Do you know why? Because 10% we need people's votes.
2: <laughs> that makes me so happy. It's like the ultimate troll.
1: <laughs> but do you know why? Because that 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 th- that uh, pond that dry pond over yeah. there. Do you know how much that's going to cost to replace in fifteen years? About a quarter million dollars. So that's why we've been saving with. Respectfully, there's one guy on our board who knows this. <laughs> he does the math. But we we need to save a quarter million dollars so that when that goes bad, we've got that in the bank.
0: Like I'm all good. For, like I, I am all good about stuff like that. Right. That that I am totally in on. that.
1: The nine percent, great.
2: What is the drive on? <laughs> When I know that the night is a dry it, pond? It's
0: a... It's a, it's uh, a post-apocalyptic term. Uh, for
2: yeah! <laughs> <damn>. it's, <laughs>
1: it's, dry pond. It is a biofilter. So all the stuff in the... Another would, you know, <laughs> Bio.
0: Biofilter bio <laughs> in a dry
1: pond. It all fall, flows through there and it's got a, you know, it's got a, um, a French drain in there that fills up with crap every couple of years and you're supposed to, you know, look into it and... It's chapter four of the Hunger
0: games.
2: Yeah, you guys got <laughs> no, but
0: I mean like for stuff like that, like I don't mind paying that nine percent increase every right. year when I know that it's going for a purpose that is going to benefit my community what, and my neighborhood. What is my no, no issue college. with that
2: whatsoever. Where are
1: you?
0: I'm
2: over in Brookwood.
1: The, the, yeah, well they don't they don't have an HOA.
2: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> the best
2: and we all like each other. And we because
1: we don't talk. But we've got <laughs> but we've got sidewalks. We go sidewalk. No, I
2: I, I don't need a sidewalk. We walk in the road. That's where we park our cars. (laughs) I think most of our neighbors. (laughs) Where to park my boat? (laughs) Because I got nobody telling me I can't park my boat there. If I suddenly run across a boat, guess who's good? I ain't got no docking fees. I got a rusty lawnmower sitting on the side of my house. It'll be there in summer. (laughs) Let's well, not pre- record
0: this, any of this. this. I
2: don't want my name. to have. <laughs> this, this, this is a pretty good stopping point. We're, we're, no, right. not a stopping point. The stopping point was a while ago. <laughs> God, this is Bart Eisler's Scrimmage Play. Uh, I was going to write an old-school radio jingle for this, something slick with a catchy chorus of people just singing our name over and over again, but we have zero musical talent on staff. What we do have, and that is one slick transition there is a passion for talking about, writing about, and shooting video of high school sports in Central Virginia. For almost a decade, we've been the top source for high school sports coverage in this area. We've also got a podcast that's now a part of the Central Network. If you love high school sports, give us a listen. And if you like what we're doing, check out the support link in each episode description and support the work we're doing. In the meantime, we'll keep working on that jingle. Good. Got My name is get on fine, and nothing's going to destroy it. So, you know, so the new, the Except new, natural bamboo, st- bamboo could destroy the whole, that's, not, system. that's on all of us, the bamboo, the bamboo is on all of us,
1: oh, it's awful,
0: I need to come back and cut some more bamboo, I almost did this first, <laughs> okay, can't tell my bamboo story for you right now, you're going to be really unhappy with me again, so he hates his bamboo, it just overtakes everything, and uh, I came uh, to him last year, so I grow hops out here, and I use little bamboo stakes just to kind of like stake my twine, that they can grow mm-hmm. up the twine then, so I come to Bart, I'm like, hey man, can I cut some bamboo so I can use them as steaks, and he was like... Yes, come <laughs> cut the bamboo. I cut one stalk of bamboo. was all I needed because I was just cutting like little three-foot stakes out of it. <laughs> he was
2: furious with me. Was I got waxed out. I thought we were like doing some... I thought we were... Like, <laughs> some bamboo removal. I well, came you with my machete. Like, I used my machete. It works. Like, You put it on bamboo. Craigslist and you say like, hey, free bamboo. Anybody come cut it? Like, there's going to be a parade of human beings that you didn't know coming by your house to cut bamboo. And they're going to decimate like three-quarters of the bamboo out of his yard
0: and within Correct. six weeks... It's all gonna be basketball. All that.
2: <laughs> so I, I told you about the ca- like how we had like a Comcast problem and this guy showed up like a contractor um, because they're all contractors now. Right. He shows up and he's like, oh, like all right, like let me get to work. And he starts preparing. He goes like, you know what? I just realized like I lived in this house as a kid. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. Like back when. And he was like, yeah. And he starts talking about it. And he's like, yeah, we planted that bamboo that's back there. <laughs> it's as close as I've come to, like, a murder. serial murder. <laughs> I was like, dude, why? Like, why would you put an invasive species into this, like, nice area? Like, why would you do that? And, like, I don't like it. The people who live next door don't like it. The guy who lives on the back doesn't like it. Like, nobody likes it. But, like, I have tried to get contractors to come in and clear-cut it. They're like, dude, I don't know if I can promise you that it's not going to come back. And I was like, how much money? (laughs) And
0: and this is the house that you want to die in, right? Oh,
2: I mean, like, I'm going to die. Does it bother you to know that you're going to be just like,
0: bamboo is just going to overtake your body at one point? (laughs) Well, I'm
2: just going to be a case in it. I don't really think that's like a big deal.
1: Tangential story. I had a house in Madison County years ago. The bamboo and the property owners. So in Madison County years ago, I had a house and it was, you know, brick ranch on like five acres. And behind it was about you know, hundreds of acres. I'm on the property one day, you know, and, and this the old farmer next door come, drives up, beat up old F-150. You know, he's the farmer guy. You know, yeah. picture the old guy with the beard, awesome. the oshkosh bagosh, you know, it comes up and was talking. To him and say, like, sir, you know, you got those trees back there that they're, you know, 40, 60 foot high these guys would want to get permission to, to cut those down. Would that be okay? Because there's a phenomenal mountain view behind it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that'd be fine. And I said, oh, great. You know, I really appreciate that. He said, yeah, because your client is now gone. He was an asshole. So I planted those trees.
0: It's amazing. <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade by planting Ocean. shade. Oh my God, that that's is amazing. That is just, I
1: mean, that, that's admirable, admirable armoriness. I honoris. have a tremendous amount of respect for that <laughs> These trees are going to
2: slowly grow as my anger grows. <laughs> and that's,
1: sad, that's build up the satisfaction 30 years later. That's amazing. Gotcha. That's, yeah. I have a so, tremendous amount of respect for that. Man. So uh, also, don't piss him off because he will, do be, he will plant. He will he do something. He will plant bamboo in the middle of the night.
2: That's elite. That's elite. That that's so petty and like and like so like the slow knife oh it's great the slow knife there's, a 30
0: year knife wound there's nothing they, there's <laughs> nothing the you can do it hurts the worst there's nothing you can do, <laughs> <laughs> you can do. it's phenomenal and then oh, the moment man. and then the moment they're gone he's like cool you can cut all of this down oh yeah oh, man, it so cool.
2: it's so nice that he planted these like nice trees out here oh my god <laughs> they're redwoods
1: <laughs> You can yeah. cut them all down now. Just think about that satisfaction.
2: Dude, it's so
0: beautiful. Oh, it's just uh. I would say I would be like, I just want to know the day you cut them. And I would just go out and sit in my yard with a lawn chair and a cooler full of beer and a sandwich uh, and just watch them go down. That'd be my uh, entertainment man, for the that'd day. That
1: would be fantastic.
0: I did
2: it. Yeah. I did it. I, did it. <laughs> I didn't even get my t-shirts made for that event. Uh, we did it. <laughs> Me in the trees. I am the Lorax. <laughs> <laughs> I speak for my neighbor who's a <laughs> That's great. But he's that a did. reverse Lorax. That's
1: what he is. One of my favorite experiences was just seeing the, I mean, he had the look of, oh yeah, sure. It's just nothing to him. Like, I've already achieved what I wanted to achieve. And he's <laughs> gone. They should have gone. Exactly. <laughs> Just. Yeah.